Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thank you, Father, for your presence here. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word and your promises, Lord God, that we can stand on them. And he who has promised is faithful. And I'm just so glad about that, Lord. Thank you for your anointing in this time. Thank you for anointing my words, Father, that they be encouragement, that they be life, just as they're life to me. Father, may they transfer on as life and encouragement to others, all those in my hearing. And we all said, amen. Amen. You might say, please, please make it life to me, not like last time. (laughs) Shake hands with someone around you, do some squats, I don't know. Get warm, engage your transverse core muscles as you squat. Welcome along everyone. How's everyone doing? Thank you team. We had a, um, for those that haven't seen us um, since we got back, we, yeah, we had a great time over in Africa, took some great photos, neither of us died, which was really good news. Kylie's mum thought that one of us was going to and was hoping it was me. (laughs) What was that? Are you trying to... My my daughter's now going, what are you preaching on, Dad? (laughs) So uh, I I had this... um, Ash, thank you so much for sharing in communion this morning. Great thoughts and it's a profound thing. The Supper, Lord's Supper, it is a, an incredible thing. Uh, number one, Jesus said, do this to remember me. Uh, and we have, as humans, made it a ritual instead of actually an essence of relationship. And Jesus said, this is my body. And the word body there means wholeness. This is my completeness. This is, this is for you, he said. And then he said, this is my cup. The blood of the new covenant, the word blood there actually means, um, figuratively, means crushed grapes, but um, the fullness of it means kindred blood, salvation, wholeness. So both of those things build our wholeness, and we're remembering what Jesus did for us in bringing us wholeness in life. Not just wholeness in a spiritual sense, but wholeness in a soul sense, wholeness in a physical sense, wholeness in every aspect of our life. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his modus operandi. That's all he wants to do. If you think that there's anything attached to um, the kingdom of darkness that is good, then you're being conned, you're being lied to. Jesus said, I have come that you might have the fullness of life. And I don't think um, it's God's intention, the Father's intention for us to turn up to heaven and it's all there. You know, that that's, we finally step into it. We're meant to step into it now. We're meant to step into fullness of life now. I'd hate to get there. And, and as Paul said, one day I will know as I'm fully known. So when we enter into, into eternity, all of a sudden, I think we get this massive download. And it's not limited by the NBN speed or anything like that. Who gets a good NBN speed? I get like three megabits per second. Like... Because Callum, I'm sure, has doctored it so that he gets all the download for his gaming of the devil. And, um, and I'm trying to do the Lord's work. 
I think we're going to get this download where, we're, boom, we're going to get it. We're going to understand. And I would, I think it really hurt the Father's heart that we would get there and go, oh, I missed it. Oh, I missed that I could have had fullness of life while I walked on this planet. Oh, I missed it that I could have enjoyed my life in the days of the living instead of just going through troubles and and messing things up and never learning and never growing to maturity and missing the gold along the way and missing the, the just the essence of what life is all about. And I want to bring some of that out this morning. We've been doing a series at the moment out of Proverbs 18.10, where it says, The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty fortress, the consistently righteous, those that are actually pursuing God, pursuing righteousness. And Jesus said on the mountain, he said, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, will what? what will happen? They will be, they shall be filled. If you want to be filled with goodness, you want to be filled with righteousness, hunger and thirst after it. Don't hunger and thirst after the things of this planet. They're all a con. It's all a facade. Hunger and thirst after eternal things. Hunger and thirst after eternal things. It says here that those that are like that will run into it. Those that have upright standing with God, and who knows, through Jesus, we have right standing with God. Those run into it and are safe. They're saved. They're whole. They're actually on a journey of completeness and wholeness. Who knows it's a journey? Yep, it's a journey in life. I'm going to read out some scriptures in a moment that are sort of going to unpack that a little bit more. But in this series so far of, and I called it, we can run in or we can run into. And we've looked at a lot of different aspects of it. We can run in the pattern of this world, have no time to ourselves, be running after this, that, and what the world's telling us is important and run in after this and run in after that. Or we can run into the kingdom of God. We can run into the peace of it. We can run into the provision of it. We can run into the wholeness of it. We can run in the lies of the enemies. Oh, yeah, I'm, it's not so bad, I suppose. Oh, I'm not doing well. It's all. We can run in the lies of that. Oh, it's, getting, it's just bad and it's getting worse. Or we can run into the promises of God and start proclaiming them over our lives, start proclaiming those things. And that's what the, the Lord's Supper is all about. Because after, um, if, if you read in, I think it's in Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul adds on to the end of that. He said, because when you eat and drink, you proclaim the Lord's death. We did that last week. You proclaim the Lord's death. You proclaim everything that Jesus has accomplished for us, everything that he has done, everything that he has broken, everything that he has mended, everything that he has established, everything that he's disestablished, everything that he's taken off the enemy and given back to us, everything that has been proclaimed from heaven, that has been established for us, we pro- we're actually proclaiming those things over our lives. Oh, that was a big... Who needs a breath now? We can can run in the facts of our life or we can run into the truth and the victory that we get from Jesus and get to proclaim that over it. These are some of the things that Jesus has done for us. I I touched on them last week. I'm just going to file... I'm just going to... I was going to say vomit them up, but that's the wrong thing to say. I'm just going to download them to you. These are all the shuns. Today, all my words start with E, but last week, all of them ended in shun, expiation, 
Expiation. I'm getting those two. Expiation, which is the removal of our sin and guilt. That Jesus has done that for it. Propitiation, which is the removal of God's wrath. But it's not just the removal of wrath. It's actually transforming it into favor in our lives. It's reconciliation, the removal of our alienation from God. Jesus has done that. If you feel removed from God, it's you that is removed from God. It's not him that's removed from you. He's actually made a way for you to come boldly into his presence now. We have redemption, which is a reinforcement of our values. God has put a price on your life. The price is Jesus' life. You are valuable to the Father. He's he's obliterated the enemy's power and he's made a substitution for us. When we had to actually die, now that death has been paid for by Jesus. These are all the things that we can run into through Jesus. I also talked about how a few months back about the names of God and just shortly, you know, the, the names of God. He is provider. He is healer. He is peace. He, he is father. He, he's a strong tower. There are all these aspects of God's name. When we're proclaiming these things, we run into those. He doesn't just do provision. You hear me say this all the time. He is provider. He doesn't just do it. He's not he doesn't just do healings. He is healer. It's in his very nature. It's in his very character. And that's why it says not to misuse the name of the Lord your God, not to misrepresent his authority, his identity, his character, any of those aspects of him. You might be saying, oh, but God's not doing this for me. No, 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 no. He is a provider. Oh, God's not healing me. No, 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 no. He is healer. And don't just be looking for the act of it. Do you realize you've got healing in your body right now? That's there. That's a reflection of God in your body right now. We're all healing right now. Working hard at it. Your body's actually working hard at healing right now. That's an aspect and a reflection of God's goodness. So we've run into the Father. We've run into Jesus. Now I want to run into the Spirit. So we're going to look at the Spirit today. Is that okay? The best is yet to come. It's not just a Brian Houston statement, it's the truth. The best is still to come. If you think that the good old days are gone, and no, the good old days are still to come. Don't ever think that it's all done and said, the good old days are still to come. Don't have a negative perspective about life. Start expecting some good stuff because Jesus came so that we might have fullness of life. So... Um, And and I made a statement in the first service, I'm going to repeat it here. No bad has ever come from a life that is yielded to being led by the Spirit of God. If you are being led by the Spirit of God, I can tell you now, you're going to be walking into the best days that you could ever experience. You're going to have the best relationships in your life. You're going to have the best guidance in your life. You're going to have wisdom like you've never had before, the application of knowledge in your life. I want to encourage you, run into the Spirit of God. Make requests of him. Have a good relationship with him. Don't just demand stuff of him. Walk hand in hand. To be led by the Spirit is to keep step with the Spirit. Don't let him get too far ahead and don't run ahead of him. Keep step with the Spirit as we follow Jesus. Matthew 28. um, Jesus was just finishing up his ministry on on the planet And it says this in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them and made appointment with them. So he'd got on his phone and he'd put in his appointment things in calendar and he'd sent it off to everybody that he needed to on in the 11. 
Jesus had it all together. Made an appointment with him. When did he make that appointment? Did he just download it by the Spirit? or Because I don't remember him making an appointment with him. But anyway, they turned up. And when they saw him, they fell down and worshipped him. But check out what it says. But some doubted. Some doubted. Don't ever be a doubter. Don't ever be a doubter. Don't doubt that Jesus has done everything for you. Don't doubt that. Everything has been accomplished by Jesus. Don't doubt that the Father's heart is for you. Don't doubt that God's not smiling on you right now. Don't doubt that God isn't seeing your life and actually rejoicing over you with singing. Don't doubt it. Don't think, oh, he's just waiting for me to mess up so he can hit me and kick me in the button and get. No, 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 no. God is rejoicing over you. Don't doubt it. God loves seeing the way that you interact with his creation. He loves seeing the way that you bring an essence of him to the planet that no one else can. Don't doubt that he's not loving the way that you're interacting with other people when you do it in the right heart. Don't doubt. Be a believer. Don't doubt. They, they were standing right before the Son of God. Who died? Who rose? Who did all these miracles? And they doubted. Oh, all things are possible to those who doubt. Oh, sorry. No, it's the opposite one. All things are possible to those who believe. Be a believer. Don't be a doubter. And don't just believe everything. Believe the Word of God. The Word of God is so important. We should be um, reciting it to ourselves. We should be going over it in our head. We should be singing songs about it. Oh, wait a minute. We do. Oh, isn't that great? All the songs we're singing this morning are all proclamations of who God is, what he's done for us. I love it when I wake up in the morning, which happens on a quite a regular basis, and I'm singing a song. Yeah, I do wake up in the morning. Thank you for those that picked that up. But I'm singing a song. I'm singing a song about something. And do you know why that song's going around in my head? Because I put it there. I'm, I'm During the day, I'm singing those songs so that when I'm asleep, I'm still singing those songs. And I wake up singing those songs. It's a great place to be. You, you wake up with the joy of the Lord in your mouth, in your heart, in your head, in your soul. But you've got to work at that. It doesn't just come naturally, but it is a fruit that we can pick off. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Those that are in the first service know exactly what I'm talking about. They doubted. So then Jesus approached them and breaking the silence... You'd think that they would have been running up, Jesus, oh, Jesus. No, they were silent. They bowed down, they were worshipping him. But he had to break the silence here. I, there's something in that, but I'm going to move on. And he said to them, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. Go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. See, he, um, he's got all authority, but the word go there doesn't just mean drop everything you're doing and go and do this thing. Go and make disciples. Go, and it, and it goes on to say, teaching them to obey everything, you know, that I've commanded you. It, it, it isn't just that. It's actually the fullness of the word means in your going. As you're going about life, don't forget that your primary is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else gets added to it along the way. In your going, be an example of Jesus to everyone you meet. 
Jesus did good to everybody that he met. That challenges me because sometimes I want to do naughty to some people that I meet. I want to, you know, get angry with some people that I meet. I want to show them the, the nasty side of Stephen to some people that I meet, usually on the roads. Because people are rude on the roads. In your going, you, you might go to school, be an example there, carry Jesus with you there, be led by the Spirit there. There could be somebody that, that's ticking you off that God just wants to use you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak through you and minister through you how that you can show them discipline in their lives about the things of God. And I don't mean discipline as in a spanking or anything like that. Too many times we think that discipline has to do with bringing a harsh word. But if you read Psalm 23, it says, Your rod and your staff comfort me. Not your rod and your staff beat me around the head and dong me. No, it's actually they comfort me because a rod and a staff, it guides along the way, keeping it on the track, but also defends. So... We're meant to be defenders and guiders in everything that we do. That's what a good shepherd does. And we're meant to model the good shepherd. So then um, Jesus actually made this statement, baptizing them in the name of the Father, saturating them in everything that the Father is, saturating them in everything that the Son is, and saturating them in everything that the Holy Spirit is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I remember growing up in church, I've had some um, discussions with people from different faith backgrounds and, um, you know, people that come knocking on your door and trying to hand you magazines. You know what I'm talking about, you know, and people, and they, and they have views that, that God isn't a three-in-one God, that God isn't a triune God or a, a plural God. But it, it's really funny because the very name of God in Genesis, in the beginning, Elohim, is a plural God. It's a multiple God. And it says right there that God was there, the Spirit was there, and the Son was there. Right here, Jesus says, baptizing him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I remember being told, oh, no, no, no. Trinity isn't in the Bible. It was a word made up by the Roman Catholic Church way back. Do you realize that the word Bible isn't in the Bible? It was a word made up by the Roman Catholic Church a long time ago. Let's not get caught up on words. Let's get caught up on the word, which is the word of God. So the Holy Spirit, he says right here, follows on in John 14 verse 15. If you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands, which is important to do. Isn't it funny how love and obedience go hand in hand here? If you love me, then do what I ask. Keep my commands. Jesus made a promise here and he says, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor. This is the amplified version here. Advocate, strengthener, the standby, that he may remain with you forever. He is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, it cannot welcome or take it to heart because it does not see him or know or recognize him. But you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. See, the world can't actually see the spirit of truth because it's being distracted by the father of lies. 
There's a con going on in the world all the time. It's in the news. It's in the, the education system. It's in our medical system. It's in our nutritional system. There's a con going on in everything on the planet at the moment that, um, that keeps us distracted from seeing what the truth is. Sometimes the facts get in the road of the truth. Don't let the facts actually remove the word of truth from your life. The facts might be that you don't have any money in the bank at the moment, but the truth is God is your provider. The facts might be that your, your health isn't so good at the moment, but the truth is God is the God who heals you. You might say, oh, but the facts are that I'm suffering with a mental illness and my soul's not at peace. But God says, I am the God of peace. I will give you shalom, peace that does not go away. Jesus actually said, peace I leave you, my peace, not like the world gives, but peace that will not go away. It will remain with you. So we've got to get the word of truth into it. And right here, he's the spirit of truth. The world can't see him because they are too busy looking at lies. Don't get conned. Don't get distracted. Look for the truth. And the truth is in the word of God. And not only that, but we have a witness of the Holy Spirit. That's why we've got to walk closely with the Holy Spirit. We've got to stay communicating with the Holy Spirit. Because he, he's the one that reveals truth to us. Jesus actually said he's going to teach you like no one else can. I know I've learned some valuable lessons from the Holy Spirit. There's been times where I've listened to bosses in my life and they've told me, no, it's safe to do this job, Stephen. You won't get hurt doing it. And you've heard me tell the story that people in the church, I was down in a pit one time and I was undoing a load cell on a way bridge for semi-trailers and there was this huge beam, like one of these eye beams here and I could feel that it, as I was undoing this load cell that this thing was going to drop and my legs were under it in this pit. And the Holy Spirit was yelling at me, get out. And I got out and I said to my boss, and my boss got really angry at me and sent me back in. Three times I came out and I'm saying, look, I don't feel safe. All the other bosses had come down by now, the CEO of the company and everything, because the whole factory was shut down because this load cell needed to be replaced. And it was something like a quarter of a million dollars an hour that they were losing because I was taking time to undo this load cell. And anyway, in the end, I shifted my weight over and I'm trying to undo this thing. I'm crammed underneath trying to undo it. And the Holy Spirit was yelling at me the whole time, Stephen, you're in danger. But my boss told me it's safe. It, it'll just do this. It eventually... I undid it, it went bang down, it cracked the floor. There was this tiny little bit of water in the bottom of this pit. It all went chuff out the hole. I got out, screamed at my boss, yelled, and he's like, oh, calm down, Steve. But I'm telling you now, if I had stayed in that position and not listened to the Holy Spirit, not been walking closely with him so I recognised his voice, it would have severed my legs in a, in a millisecond. It would have just gone straight through my, my femurs. It would have severed my femoral artery. I would have died probably in, I don't know, five, six seconds. You just bleed out immediately. Your femoral arteries are like one of your major arteries in your body. So the Holy Spirit is actually can do things and keep you safe when no one else can. He can warn you of things coming that you, and, and in fact, praying in the Spirit. 
Pray in the Spirit. The Word of God actually encourages us. Pray in the Spirit with all types of prayers in all occasions, at all different seasons. Why? Because you may be avoiding catastrophe. You may be actually praying for somebody else and helping them to avoid it. I know that God has kept us safe at times because I've been praying in the Spirit. I know that my children have been saved and been kept in a safe position because we've been praying in the Spirit. I don't know what I'm praying. The Word of God talks about it. I'm not going to get into that fully this morning, but there is there is a weapon that we have in our believers' arsenal that is greater than anything else that we could ever do because it communicates directly with the heart of God. Scripture says, "What knows the heart of God, but the spirit of God? And what knows the heart of man, but the spirit of man?" And when the spirit of man and the spirit of God communicate, something happens that just bypasses all the natural process and the natural garbage that would try and stop that. So I want to encourage you this morning, walk closely with the Holy Spirit because He's there for your help. He's there for your comfort. He's there for your counsel. He's there for your strengthening. He's there as an advocate. He's there as an intercessor. Ooh, intercessor. He prays on your behalf. He seeks things out for you that you don't even know that you need. When I'm I'm amazed sometimes that I think that it needs to go A, B, C, D. And God does it like A, Q, T, Z. And it's like, what? That's not the way it's meant to be. But God does it the way that he needs to. And if I'm submitted to that and yield to that and just say, well, God, even though I'm not getting my way, you have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Like Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will. And do you know what happens? Gold. Gold comes out of it. Not because I'm special and I deserve it, but because God is special and he wants to reward those who diligently seek him. So these are all the aspects of the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter, he's a counsellor, and we are never alone. There's two times it says here that Jesus says he will remain with you forever and um, he will be constantly with you and operating in you. So we're never alone when we're with the Holy Spirit. You might think, oh, but why don't I have this? And why haven't I got a partner in life? Walk closely with the Holy Spirit. He might be able to indicate and show you why you don't have a partner at the moment. You might have to get some rough edges knocked off you. You might be a bit of a whiner or a bit selfish. Or they are all the things I had to have kicked out of me before my wife would accept my hand in marriage. Glad, glad she did, though. So she. 1 Corinthians. (laughs) We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12 in a second. But the Holy Spirit enlightens us. I'm so glad you said yes, hun. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yes. For those of you who didn't know, Kim and Callum got engaged recently, which is really exciting. Um, Finally. (laughs) But they used my sign, or they had no choice. We set up this whole engagement scenario and then over in the corner was my sign, will you marry me, that I made for Kylie 27, 28 years ago, coming up to 28 years ago. Gee, you look pretty good, hun. Now, you really, really, really do look very good. I, I can't tell you her age, but she had a big birthday recently. I took her to Africa for a 50th, but that, no, no. (laughs) The Holy Spirit enlightens us. He is the spirit of truth. 
He, he not only is the spirit of truth, but he leads us into all truth. I, I love it how he's able to bring truth out of things. You know, the facts might look one way, but he brings out the truth, the reality in it. I'm glad that he's been able to bring truth into my life and where I've believed a lie or I've been focusing on the negative or the lack or the lies of the enemy. He's been able to come in and say, no, Stephen, this is the way God is. You're just looking at it in the natural, but this is actually how God is. Uh, and the world can't see the spirit of truth because they're into comparisons. It's the Ten Commandments. Don't covet. Don't look at what God's given somebody else and compare it to what he's given you. If you don't have, ask. Oh, or is it, if you don't have, complain and whine and accuse somebody of being lucky. It, it, it's funny, business people say it's interesting because the harder I work, the luckier I get. Just think about it. It's not that they are lucky, it's just it's a reward, sowing and reaping. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 2 says this, now about gifts. So the Holy Spirit enlightens us, but not only that, he endows us. Now about gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be misinformed or uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. And you might say, oh, that was the church at Corinth back then. We're not like that today. Yeah, we will worship something. We are designed to worship as humans. If you don't worship the living God, you will worship an inanimate object. You will worship something made of stone, wood, gold, diamonds, anything like that. You will worship something. You worship a celebrity. You worship a TV show. But MasterChef is a good show. But, um, <laughs> Renovation Rescue. Oh, I know. I, I've got a mental block. It's not even a show anymore. <laughs> Shut up, Stephen. You don't know what you're talking about. But he leads us into truth so that we don't have to be controlled by those things. Number two, the Holy Spirit empower, sorry, endows us with gifts. He gives us amazing, unique gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now there are distinctive varieties and dis distributions of endowments. Oh, the Amplified makes such complexities here. It gives us gifts, extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace. I'll read it yourself. It's all about gifts. I can't get through it quick enough. <laughs> and if you think, oh, I don't have a gift, there's nothing special about my life. Liar. You believe in a lie. Don't believe that lie. God has made you so unique that in the whole of creation, there has been no one else like you. No one else with your gifting, your hardwiring, your soul. There has been no one else. There's, there's coming up to like 8 billion people on the planet at the moment. You won't find another person like you. You might get a doppelganger somewhere that looks a little bit like you. I've got a few. There's actually one in your emojis. Have you seen that one? It's modelled after me. The Holy, Spirit. the Holy Spirit endows us with incredible gifts, but it's gifts not just for ourselves to attract people to us. It's actually for us to attract people to God. When we realise and get the pure stream of that gift in our life, it just points people to God. 
In your going, make disciples. In your going, saturate people in the goodness of God. Saturate people in the goodness of Jesus. Saturate people in the goodness of the Holy Spirit. And we do that through our gifts, our gifts of serving, our gifts of leadership, our gifts of generosity. Whatever those gifts are, the Holy Spirit endows us with those gifts. Not only that, the Holy Spirit equips us. Notice they're all E words. I'm a genius. Either that or I read just the Roger's Thesaurus. <laughs> the Holy Spirit equips us. Get this in Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Whoa. Do you know the planet needs this? The planet at the moment needs love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says here, against such thing there is no law. There's no limitation. The word fruit there is the Greek word karpos, which means pick it. Just pick it. It's there waiting for you. Love is there just waiting for you to pick it. Peace is there. Just pick it. Patience, pick it. Self-control, pick it. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to struggle with it. It's a fruit of the Spirit that you can just pick. The opposite is that the acts of the sinful nature are immorality and debauchery and jealousy and hatred. It, the acts actually means you've got to work at it. You've got to toil. It's hard work. People say, oh, no, it's not. I, just, I was just walking along one day and fell into sin. No, no, no. No, it's, it's actually a little bit harder than that. Scripture tells us that we all sin when we're led away by our own desires and our own lusts and, and get ourselves into position. I know, because I'm like you. I do that as well. We, we can say, no, we all do that. But the fruit, you know, it, it's really hard work to hate someone. You've got to keep going over that, over that. And, and when you see them again, you've got to remind yourself, oh, that's right, they did that to me and back then. And it's hard work. You've got to open up those filing cabinets and try and find those offences and go through them. Uh, what did they do to me again on April the 16th? Oh, sorry, that's Adrian's birthday. Um, <laughs> what? Forgiveness. We are empowered to forgive. We don't have to hold on to things. The Holy Spirit actually empowers us to forgive. The biggest weight that you will ever carry in your life is unforgiveness. It really is horrible baggage to hold on to because it, it, it just makes you start filtering the way that you look at people in such a foul way. You'll start misinterpreting everything. Even if they do something out of love or kindness or patience towards you, you'll, you'll filter it through unforgiveness and bad baggage. It's, it's a lot better just to uh, just uh, let it go. God will deal with it. God says, leave room for me. Vengeance is mine. I can sort it out. And it's so much easier when we just allow that to happen. So the, the fourth point was the Holy Spirit empowers us. I'm running out of time here. I just want to quickly go through that. 2 Corinthians 2, it says here in verse 5, it says, you know, when somebody's done something wrong to you, just, just let them go. You know, forgive them. And so, because if you don't, they may be overwhelmed with excessive sorrow in their life. To be honest, there's a lot of people that are overwhelmed with excessive sorrow because of unforgiveness. Either somebody, unforgiveness towards them or unforgiveness towards themselves. 
People are taking their lives left, right and center because they are overwhelmed by great sorrow. If they only knew there's a redemptive God, if they only knew that Jesus has paid the price, and, and people say, oh, but that's easy for you, Steve. You believe it. this is your religion. No, it's not. This is just a message that I've believed. This is a message that was passed on to me, and I've embraced it with all my heart. I've, I've sought it out. I've studied it, and I seek first the kingdom of God. I get it wrong too, but do you know what? I am consistently trying to push through and enter into the Holy of Holies with, with Jesus. It's open to us. We can walk boldly in there. And it says here, it finishes up, and the, the point that I want to make out of this forgiveness one is in 2 Corinthians 2.11. It says, we do these things. I urge you, therefore, you know, reaffirm your love for people that have offended you and, and those that have, have done you wrong. Thank you, Shana. And it says in verse 11, to keep Satan from getting advantage over you. For we are not ignorant of his wiles and his intentions. It's Satan's plan that you hold on to unforgiveness. It actually, in scripture, it's called the scandala. It's the bait stick. If you take the scandal, that's where we get scandal from. If you take that offense in your life, the scandala, the snares trap. Sorry, the trap is snared. You're trapped anyway in offense. That's the devil's plan for us. But if we forgive, stuff changes. I'm glad that I'm forgiven. And now scripture asks me, forgive as you've been forgiven. Galatians 5 says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Follow the Spirit. Keep step with the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires for the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under law, you're not under containment, you're not under limitation there. The final point is the Holy Spirit encourages us. God is in control. Dad's got this. He's able to move the chess pieces better than you can. He's able to work out the end game from the beginning so much easier. Your marriage is safe in God's hands. Just forgive, love, allow the Spirit and and actually welcome the Spirit in. Too many times we're letting the wrong Spirit in, but allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Allow the Holy Spirit to have rule and reign in your families, in your homes, in in your business, whatever you're in your going. Saturate it with the Father. Saturate it with the Son. Saturate it with the Holy Spirit. Romans 5 says this, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. I love that. Not when everything turns out, not when it changes, but be full of joy now. Make a choice. You can be full of joy now. The joy of the Lord is strength. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles. Wait a minute. And rejoice in our sufferings. What's he talking about? Knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship. Maybe I've got the wrong scripture. Maybe there's another one in here somewhere. No. He's trying to encourage us that even though we do go through trials and troubles, even though we do go through hardships and and conflict in our life, if we trust God, he's in control. The Holy Spirit can encourage us. He can fill us with courage. He can enthuse us and theos. Fill us with the Spirit of God. It says here, 
that if we go through these things, it produces patient and unswerving endurance. And that endurance or that fortitude develops maturity of character. It says here, which is approved faith and tried integrity in our life. And character of this type produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us for God's love, I'm spitting everywhere here, has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who He has given to us. Who thinks that's a good thing? I can stand and applaud that and go, thank you, Father. You've given us your Holy Spirit. Your love has been shown to us in that. Can you stand with me? I want to pray for you this morning. There's people here from all different backgrounds and different cultures and all that. But you know what? The Word of God says we're all part of one body. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're all part of one body which is formed by one spirit. It's under one Father and it has one Lord and Saviour. We are all united in kindred blood with Jesus. If you're not this morning, because the Word of God says if you believe in your heart that, that God sent Jesus and raised Him from the dead and you proclaim in your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it says you are saved. You enter into this process of wholeness and completeness in your life. We're all on this journey with you. But I want to encourage you, it's easy to enter into. All you've got to do is give Jesus lordship of your life. You might say, well, what's that? It's not just asking him to be your saviour and saying, wash me clean. And, but it's actually saying, Jesus, I give you my life. That's as simple as I can put it. Jesus, my life is yours. So I just want to give you opportunity right now. If you may be away from God at the moment or you were challenged by some of the things that the Holy Spirit was dropping in your heart this morning, just take opportunity now to say, Jesus, I give you my life afresh. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for washing me white like snow. I'm no longer dirty or filthy before the Father, but I now am the righteousness of God through you, Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website riveredgechurch.com.au